Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. So phone lines are always open during the show. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Each week on AWOD Radio, we go behind enemy lines, or should I say behind B enemy lines, find out how the opposition plans on stopping Eric Bieniemy's high-powered offense. They've now put up 30 points twice this season. They only did that one time all of last season. In fact, it came against the Eagles with that 32-21 to victory. So, Kevin Fishbane, who covers the Bears, will join the program at 145. Craig Hoffman covers the Commanders, part of the Take Command podcast with Logan Paulson. He'll join the show at 2 p.m. And then we open the show with NBA Media Day. We'll close the show with NBA Media Day. Justin Fensterman, Fensty Sports from SiriusXM, will give us his thoughts on the upcoming NBA season at 2.30. Uh, but right now I bring in... Uh, my co-worker, Michael Phillips, MP on the mic, can be heard from 10 to noon. What's going on, Michael P.? Can I talk about how excited I am to be doing crosstalk in person, like actually looking at you? It's been a while. I'm fired up. Um, I, I'm still fired up about the game, just all, all the emotions. I'm happy. I'm sad. I'm frustrated. <laughs> I, I All of it. Well, I'll tell you, I'm having so much fun with this segment because I get another sports guy that's in here with me in the building right next to me doing another live show. We've got a great program all day long with the Junkies, passing off to MP, to AWOD, to Grant and Danny. Uh, Of course, we play play play-by-play on here Thursday Night Football. Uh, We'll play Commanders. We've got the gut check after the game. Uh, We're having a lot of fun here with Crosstalk, and that's why I decided to make us a little sounder for this. Are you ready to hear it, Michael? I'm so ready for this. And this this is, I want a live reaction for this, all right? So I'll play the clip, and you just tell me what you think, all right? (laughs) And this is the crazy mind of AWOD and the voice of Bob, all right? Let's roll the clip. (laughs) If I could just have your attention. It's Crosstalk with Adam Epstein and Michael Phillips on The Fan. It's like that 190s movie that everybody loved. What's the name of that movie? It's not Crosstalk, but it sounds like Crosstalk. It's Crosstalk on the fan. Oh, Face Off with Travolta and Nick Cage. But this is Crosstalk. Crosstalk! Yes! <laughs> so do you want to be Travolta or I, Nick Cage? <laughs> I love it. I'm, I'll be I'm, I'm, who you want. I, I'm kind of leaning towards Travolta. Who I was leaning yeah, towards yeah. Nick Cage. Yes! Let's go! Yes! yes. Yeah. There we hey, go. Put the bunny in the basket! <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've always thought of the game Crossfire that they oh, run oh, ads for on Nickelodeon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get that for my show. You Dude, know. I Crossfire. used to love that game. Do, do, do. You put the little, the little tiny mar- balls the in there and you're shooting them at each other. Oh, you're shooting marbles at each other? Oh, yeah. I promise you, none of those marbles ended up with the game after oh, no, like three no. days. No, you'd find them in your basement like <laughs> randomly. What did I just step on? <laughs> All right, so I've actually got a great topic for Crosstalk today. Me and the boys were talking about it last night when we were watching Monday Night Football. Commanders fall to the Eagles 34-31 in overtime. Yep. Was that the most heartbreaking loss in years? When did you remember a Commander's loss that hurt that bad? Because I will say, you know, we've been talking about moral victory, and the Junkies were having a lot of fun with that yesterday. I don't believe in that. It was a heartbreaking loss. I felt like we had the game. I didn't want us to go for two, but I thought we had it in overtime. I was really heartbroken. Whether you believe in moral victories or not, it it was doable. And it was would have been so huge. Like, how electric would Thursday night have been coming off a win over the Eagles? Like, legit playoff squad. Yeah. Everybody's saying it, Nat. It would have been so big. Um, I am a believer that the the more the heartbreak comes from bigger stakes. And um, so, you know, last year 
I would say the Giants' loss on Sunday Night Football was frustrating, but maybe not heartbreaking. Yeah, because I went through the schedule from every year because heartbreak to me, like uh, that was crushing, but that's not heartbreaking because like throughout the game, we kind of knew they were going to lose. They didn't yeah. show up all game. Um, the Heineke playoff game against the Bucks. Uh, they could have had Tom Brady. Could have had it in a Super Bowl. Don't know year. if it was a heartbreak though. Yeah. It was like a edge of the sheet, emo- uh, edge of your you know seat, emotional ri- roller coaster. But I don't know if it was a heartbreak. Yeah, I have to go. I had to go back to October eighteenth, twenty twenty. Okay, all right. And I thought about the Eagles game uh, from twenty twenty one. I thought about the Giants game from uh, last year. Even the tie was heartbreaking. Yes, October eighteenth, twenty twenty. From MetLite Stadium, yep. Commanders missed the two-point conversion and lose. Yep. That was the last time that I felt heartbroken. Uh, it's so many of these involve the Giants, too, as you go back. I mean, they, like, I'm so excited the Giants are bad this year, and it's new ownership, and it's fresh breath, and Sam Howell, like, this is the year. you got to, like, put a stake in that vampire this year. Yeah, but, yeah. man, I, uh, I, that was the biggest heartbreak because you think back on it, and how funny is it that we decide to go for two, same scenario, yeah. on the road, yep. tied the game with a, a late drive by Kyle Allen. Yep. You go for two with Kyle Allen, but you don't go for two for Sam Howell. Yeah, we, it was weird. It was really weird. Um, the game that would have been was that, remember when Bill Callahan took over as interim coach and they gave him the Dolphins game when the Dolphins were just widely accepted to be tanking? Yeah. But oh, then the Dolphins came back. Yeah, and, and Fitzpatrick ran the two-point conversion to win. I that that was like I don't know if that that's not heartbreak, obviously, but that's one that stands out as like holy cow, like my. That's jaw the difference is between dropped. Chase Young and Joe Burrow. It really is. Yeah, uh, looking back on that game, and they were. I mean, the Dolphins were trying to lose and still winning. Yeah, so we both agree that this Sunday was a big heartbreak, and maybe heartbreak. the biggest heartbreak in a few years. Yeah, I, I mean, like I, I don't want to be overly dramatic. You may have to go back to the Packers playoff game with Kirk Cousins. Wow. Because um, the stakes were high. Yeah. It would have meant so because much. Because even this two-point conversion game against the Giants, it was yeah. Kyle Allen. It Like, it wasn't a lost season because they made the playoffs and they were in the chase, blah, blah, blah. But, like, nobody, everybody knew that team wasn't anything. Yeah. we Sean McVay was coaching that team, essentially. Sean and Jay. But Sean McVay was running a Kirk Cousins offense. That's as close as we've flown to the sun. And freaking 700-pound <laughs> Packers running back. Was it Eddie Lacy? That, that rumble? Yeah. It was like fourth and one. And they you know they're going to give it to him. They give it to him. He not only gets it, but like breaks through the line. And he looks back like, somebody's going to need to tackle me. I don't actually, I can't run more than five yards here. Like, he's got all the daylight in front of him. Ah. That was heartbreaking. So it was a heartbreak on Sunday, but now we've got to bounce back. I mean, yes. you had Terry McLaurin tearing up in the locker room. That's how much the game meant to him. It came down to him making the catch. I still think his foot was in bounds. But now they've got to turn it around. A game in 48 hours. And, I mean, ultimate trap game. The ultimate trap game. 0-5 Bears. Justin Fields showing little signs of life, but but otherwise a team that doesn't have much of a pulse. Home crowd. Coming off of offense and defense, both played more than 70 snaps on Sunday. Physical game in Philly. All the trap game vibes. I have 100% of them right now. Yeah, I I mean, I just worry about this team's health. And the injury report isn't, you know, a true factor with this because, you know, they're not really practicing. It's more about, hey, does anyone have a lingering injury? And that's why I'm really worried about Jahan Dotson. Reports came out that he played through an ankle injury. When I watched the game, until the final catch at the end of the game there to send it to overtime, I was thinking... 
Dotson's really struggling. He's yeah. not getting open. He had the big drop on third down. Yep. And then we find out the ankle injury, so he might not be 100%. And, and Curtis Samuel was on the fake injury report yesterday, yeah. which you don't read too much into that. But part of why I love Curtis Samuel is because we don't have to talk about Antonio Gibson. He fills in in a lot of those Antonio Gibson roles. That would be a big loss. They, that play where he ran in for the touchdown, I think that would have been the two-point conversion play if they had gone for two. They like that. I'm also worried about the defense being able to handle a running quarterback in Justin Fields. They're going to still be gassed from Sunday, you know, in that fourth quarter on Thursday night. We cannot let this game be close in the second half. That's my key. You have to put them to bed. You have to fully demoralize them in the first half. And they they won't come out for the second half. Chiefs did that, right? Like, if if you get them down bad enough, they're done. They right. will throw in the towel because they're the Chicago Bears. Got to get them there, though. Yeah, I know. And they looked impressive in that first half against the Denver Broncos. Yeah. it's Justin Fields looked like a different guy in that little bit of ag. I was watching the condensed game, you know, speeding through it. He looked like a different guy than, than he's looked like in the other games. He felt a, he looked a lot more comfortable. It scares me him going against this defense, given the history of what mobile quarterbacks do. I mean, think guys. about what he did to the commanders last year. Yeah. They weren't letting him drive down the field until the final drive of the game, and he just broke free. And so I wonder, when they start getting tired, when they're gassed, is there going to be an opening up the middle for him to basically turn into a running back? You know, in a lot of ways, we're running back last year's game. Very similar teams, uh, very similar approaches. Uh, you hope the Eric Bieniemy factor lifts the offense better than what injured Carson Wentz provided last year, and you hope that's a difference maker. But, yes, Justin Fields was really good in the fourth quarter, and they were, I mean, inches away from winning that football game, and that would have changed the whole season right there yeah. for, for these guys. But it, it's it's a scary game. I want to see some changes defensively from Jack Del Rio. That's the question today on the Richmond Commander. Why doesn't Jack Del Rio blitz more? I, You know, I, I like, on paper, I understand they're all first-round picks. There's four of them. They're really good. Um, I also understand that we've watched four games of football now, and you need to mix it up. You need to try something new. Like I wasn't. I'm not mad about making that statement because I think that's correct. There's four of them. They're first-round picks. They are very well compensated. They should be able to take care of business. At a certain point, though, they are not taking care of business, and you need you need to supplement. Yeah, I mean, how much better would they be if simply Jamin Davis was up the middle, Cody Barton every once in a while, Cam Curl, and that way the Derek offensive Forrest. line has to focus a little bit on some on the secondary rushers. That's what the Eagles did so well, and I'll break this down further at 1 p.m., is the center Nick Gates was caught, and they, they'd snap the ball, and he would look, oh, there's nobody blitzing. I'm going to go to my right. Then all of a sudden, a delayed blitz would come up the middle, and he wasn't there anymore. Yep. And so I want some more delayed blitzes. I want some creative play calls from Jack Del Rio. And, Andrew Wiley. Need, need a good Andrew Wiley game. Yep. Michael, appreciate you stopping by. Oh, you bet. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan now at one. 5-1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105-1 FM. So we've got a lot still to get to on the show today. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. Yesterday was NBA Media Day. 
I know you guys in Richmond, Virginia, love the NBA. We do love college basketball, of course, with VCU and, and the Spiders. And I do have an update. I'm going to sit down with Zeb Jackson next week and, and talk with the VCU captain and point guard ahead of the season. But yesterday was NBA Media Day. We know Richmond's top 10 in the country for NBA viewing. So Justin Fensterman will join us at 2.30 to recap NBA Media Day. Craig Hoffman. We'll hop on the show at 2 p.m. He is from the Team 980 in Washington, D.C. Talk a little Bears against Commanders. But right now, joining us on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, Bears reporter Kevin Fishbane. What's going on, Kevin? Hey, how you doing? Doing pretty well, man. I'm glad to get you on the show today. Uh, my buddy Andrew sent me uh, your information. He said, hit up Kevin. He's been doing a ton of national interviews for a long time. And so appreciate you taking the time to join the show today, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. I, I bet you didn't know, though, you were getting your own sounder for this uh, segment here. Let's roll the tape. All right, hey, Watt Army members. It's time to go on a mission. A secret mission behind enemy lines. We scout out the opponent, break down the competition with intel and reporting from the inside. How is the competition planning to stop Eric the Enemy's high-powered offense? As we go behind the enemy lines. With Kevin Fishbane here, who is a reporter for the 0-4 Chicago Bears. Bears have given up 38, 27, 41, 31. How do you think they plan on stopping Eric Bieniemy and the Commanders? <laughs> well, you'd like to think that sometimes it can't uh, necessarily get worse, um, but you know they the defense has been a problem. Uh, they have really haven't gotten the pass rush going, haven't been able to take the football away, except when Blank Gabbert came in mop up duty for the Chiefs. So you know they and they're not healthy. Um, in the secondary. So, you know, if they can get some guys back, that'll help. But I think really they're just hoping that some of these new guys in the front seven, you know, Demarcus Walker, Yannick Ngakwe, uh, Tremaine Edmonds, TJ Edwards, they're just hoping that one of those guys can make an impact play or two um, to kind of get things rolling. Because right now they've just got problems at all three levels. Kevin, take me back to what went wrong last Sunday. I'm looking at the win probability. 98% the Chicago Bears were going to win with four minutes left in the third quarter and up 28-7. to What the hell went wrong? <laughs> Everything. Yeah. Everything went wrong. You know, the, the, the defense gave up the two touchdown drives. They gave up the long pass, at least the go-ahead field goal. And then, you know, the offense just uh, – they, they had a great drive, and then they can't convert on fourth and one. They get the ball back and intentional grounding and then an interception, and that's it. And, and the offense just wasn't clicking the way it had been earlier in, in the game, and, and, and the defense wasn't able to hold, hold the lead. So it was breakdowns on both sides of the ball. And, and look, when you've lost as many games in a row as, as they have, that, that happens sometimes. You know, they, they, they just haven't – they haven't had a lead – like that in a couple of years. Um, so it just was, you know, everything just kind of fell apart. Kevin, on the outside looking in from afar, most national reporters are kind of all saying the same thing, that Justin Fields has regressed. What has been your viewpoint on the young quarterback? Yeah, well, he had the game of his life on Sunday. So, but up until that point, yeah, things had kind of taken a step backwards. I think it was a challenge Um of how to balance what he does so well athletically with his legs, 
with understanding that, hey, we kind of want you to stay in the pocket and deliver the football to these playmakers, you know, no, namely DJ Moore. Um, and, you know, offensive lines had some injuries. So, and, and these defenses are just better prepared for him and, and really shutting down the edges uh, to not let him um, use his legs. So I think that was really a struggle. And then they finally got into a rhythm. Last week, it, it helped playing a bad Broncos defense, but it was a much better um, script. It was uh, you know a lot of getting him on the move, which is where he's most comfortable. Um, and, and that obviously seemed to work for is it three and a half quarters. Kevin Fishbane with us here on the Hadeen Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Follow him on social media at K Fishbane, Bears beat writer at The Athletic, uh, covering them for the Athletic NFL. And so let's let's go back to last year, uh, Commanders. Against the Bears, it's Thursday Night Football. It was an ugly game. Washington scores nine points in the fourth quarter to win 12-7. to But I kind of feel like there's going to be a lot more points scored this Thursday night with the new-look offense with Eric Bieniemy, And like you said, Fields is coming off one of the best games of his career. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I would think so, too. I mean, frankly, you can't really expect the Bears' opponent to not score a lot of points. They've given up at least 25 points now in 14 games in a row, which I believe is an NFL record. Um, so, yeah, so I would expect Washington at home, the way their offense has been moving the football, to be able to do that again. Um, the question for the Bears is going to be, uh, are, are they going to be able to build off what they had accomplished last week? You know, the, the Washington defensive line, as you guys know, is – is formidable and it's way better than what they faced last week in Denver. Um, and, and I'm just curious to see how well the Bears can handle that because one of the big reasons they played so well last week also was they ran the ball. Khalil Herbert had 100 yards rushing uh, for the first time in a year, and, and that was big for them. So you know if they if they can't run the ball against Washington, it's going to make things a lot harder for Justin Fields. I think it's going to also come down to third down efficiency. That's something that has haunted the commanders in the past. And once again, this season, Howell was just 8 of 17 against the Eagles, but they held the Eagles to 4 of 12 on third down. Who has been Justin Fields' main target on third down? Does he go to DJ Moore or is it more uh, the tight end? Yeah, I mean, DJ Moore is, is almost always going to be his first option. And, and, you know, he had a couple of pretty impressive conversions with DJ Moore. The other day, Cole Komet is also a friendly target, a tight end, big target, had a good game uh, on Sunday. So, yeah, he'll be looking for those two guys. But the Bears have really struggled on third down this year just because of the pressure and, and fields at times have held down to the ball too long. Um, and as I mentioned, you know, the teams aren't, aren't laying scrambles much. The Broncos did. I um, mean, he had a couple of big plays with a third and 10 late, and he scrambled for 20 yards. Um, he's able to do that. And, you know, I, I'm curious to see the way Washington lines up on defense. You know, the teams that have been have played zone have been most effective uh, against fields because it kind of limits what he can do as a scrambler. But, yeah, third down uh, third down has been an issue for, for the Bears on both sides of the ball. Washington scored 30 points already twice this year, only did that once all of last season. It's the Eric Bieniemy impact here as we're going behind Bieniemy lines with Kevin Fishbane. How are the Bears at getting after the quarterback? Bad. Very bad. Really? Um, I love to hear that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, they have one, uh, two sacks this year, and um, that says it all. Uh, you know, they, they started to ramp up the pressures a little bit, in week two and week three, but just weren't getting home. Um, it's probably one of the weaker defensive lines in football, uh, and it's playing like that. And they just don't, they, they, you know, this is not a scheme that's going to dial up pressure very often. Um, it's one of the least splitting teams in football. 
um, relies on those front forty at home, and they just haven't done it. I mean, there's just been no pressure um, on these quarterbacks. It's been very inconsistent. And as I said, when they do get close, they're not able to finish the job. So, yeah, that's probably uh, among the many weak points of this team is probably number one. Kevin covers the Bears for The Athletic. Read his work online, theathletic.com slash Chicago. So what is your official prediction for Thursday night football Bears at Commanders? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of with you in terms of liking the idea of a, of a high-scoring game. You know, I, I do think that the short week always makes things weird. Um, like kind of silly things can happen on Thursday night games. I, I, I'm going to give the edge to the Commanders, just as you said, because of their, the way their offense is playing counter to the way the Bears defense is, but I do think the Bears can keep it close. So I'll say, how about let's go Washington 32, Bears 29. Ooh, oh, man, if it's that much of a nail-biter, oh, my goodness, I'm, I might lose my voice by Friday morning. <laughs> Kevin, thanks for this time, man. I appreciate it. All right, thank you for having me. Yep, you're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. That was Kevin Fishbane from The Athletic. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio as we just went behind the enemy lines. What do you think of the commander's chances against the Chicago Bears on Thursday night? 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. What up, what up, what up? It's AWOD here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are always open. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. We're getting back into the NBA at 2.30 with Justin Fensterman. Get his thoughts on NBA Media Day, I believe, in the Eastern Conference, it's the Bucks as the team to beat in the West. It's got to be the Denver Nuggets, Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray saying, why not us? Why can't we repeat as NBA champions? But right now, it's time to catch you up on the latest in the world of Hollywood and entertainment, TV, movies, podcasts, more on Netflix. Netflix. The best of streaming services. TV, movies, books, podcasts, and more. We've got you covered on Netflix. All right, so it's AWOD here with Christopher. Christopher goes by Stubb because he's a huge uh, moviegoer. And the theme on Netflix today I want to bring up for you is best food movies of all time. Now, I'm going to go through my top five, but here are a few uh, that uh, I think should be honorable mention. Can't do a food segment without giving a shout-out to Disney Pixar's Ratatouille. I mean, love that movie. That's got to be my number one immediately. You think it's your number oh, one? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I love it. Anytime I watch it, I just think it's it's delightful. It's so much fun. I have not seen the new food movie that everyone's talking about called Boiling Point. Have you heard about that? I have not heard about it's that. It's supposed to be excellent. I believe it just came out. Uh, there, there's a ton of really good ones. You know, there. I I didn't really like uh, Burnt. That's the movie with the guy from The Hangover. What's his name? Bradley Cooper. Uh, it's not that it's not that great, uh, but there there's a ton of really good food movies. I guess you could count Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory in that category as well. Julia and Julia, uh, Nicholas Cage's Pig was listed here. Uh, but here are my top five food movies, and I have been in a food movie uh, just binge right yeah. now. All right, so number five for my list here is The Founder. 
give me a, give me a ding for the founder. If, obviously, if you haven't seen that, it's the story of McDonald's with Michael Keaton. Gives you the behind the scenes. Have you seen this movie? I was about to list that in my top five. It is it, excellent. It's great. I love it. Yeah, I mean, really, you didn't know much about the story. It's kind of interesting because Michael Keaton's character, Ray Kroc, it's kind of a a-hole. Like, he's kind of a D-bag the way he treats uh, Dick and Mac McDonald, right, yeah. in the movie. Uh, so that's uh, definitely number five on my list, though. Number four, The Menu. I loved The Menu. It's like a horror version of, like, a, a fine dining. What did you think of The Menu? Did not miss that one, and I've I've been meaning to oh, see it. Oh, so you it. haven't seen I've it? I've not seen it. It's it, been on my list forever. It might jump up to number one because, it's, my goodness, Ray Fiennes is incredible. He's a great villain in that movie. It's excellent. It keeps you on the edge of your seat. There is one scene when you see this movie, you'll be like, oh, my God, the third course threw me for a loop. I did not see that coming. It's that wild. Number three, this is a comedy. It's for anyone that's ever worked um, in a restaurant as a waiter. I'm sure you've seen this and loved it. Dane Cook stars in Waiting. Have you seen this no, comedy? I'm not. Dude, Dude I-, I hate giving you homework, but you have to watch Waiting. You have to watch Waiting. It's one of the greatest comedy movies of all time. It's so great. If you Have you ever worked as a, as a um, waiter or waitress? I have not. Oh my gosh. There's so many pop culture references from that movie. Like they they used to like, you know, throw food on the ground or spit on it when somebody complains. Like it's just everything from that movie Waiting is so classic. Uh it, it's hilarious. I looked it up and you're not gonna like this, but I've I've seen a lot of it on TikTok. Oh no. I, they gotta put a lot of clips on there that Re- I've watched. Well that just tells you it's a good movie. <laughs> Number two, I love the movie Chef. Have you seen Chef John nope. Favreau? No. Oh, it's like uh, he like quits everything he's doing to start like a um, food truck, and and it is it is delightful. It's just a pleasant movie. But number one, I just watched this movie. I'm giving it a five out of five rating, five out of five joggers from AWOD. It is called Hunger, and it is available on Netflix right now. Have you heard about this movie at all? No, nothing okay. about it. It is. Unbelievable. It's just, it's a really inspirational story about this woman who runs her family's stir-fried noodles restaurant in in Bangkok. And so the whole movie is is based in Thailand. The language is Thai. You have to watch with subtitles, obviously. But it's just an inspirational story. And it's kind of like, I almost feel like it's like that uh, the movie The Menu mixed with The Bear. The bear, and so it's one. It's just one of those movies there that it keeps you entertained throughout the entire movie. At the end of it, you'll be like, "Holy crap! Uh, I can't believe that just happened." At the end, it is really entertaining, and and it's just, it's like I said, it's inspirational. You, you're like falling in love with the main character, and you're hoping that she can save her family's restaurant and, and make it as a star, uh, a star chef. And so I don't know why I've been obsessed with food movies as of late. But I'm having a ton of fun. And the next one I'm going to watch is Boiling Point uh, that should be available soon. If you want to chime in, phone lines are always open. 833-804-0910. That's 833-804-0910. All right, Stubb, who do we got on line one? Is this Gino? Yeah, we got Gino from Richmond. Gino, you're on the fan with AWOD. Food movie. What's going on, Gino? What's going on, A-Y? First time call, uh, been listening to you since you've had the show up. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, down here at Richmond, but I was listening to you on topic about the food movies, and um, it's a slept-on movie that I'm pretty sure that a lot of people don't know about. It's an Eddie Murphy movie. It's not funny. It's called Mr. Church. It's actually a true story. 
pretty good movie when it comes to, like, if you're into food cooking and you love food, you will love the movie. Um, it's it's kind of slow, but it's a real good movie. All right, well, well, good job. I'm looking it up right now. 2016 drama, Mr. Church, starring Eddie Murphy. He's Henry Church. So what would you give a, a rating for this movie? Honestly, if I had to give it a, I mean, I sat and watched it, and I, and I fall asleep on a lot of movies, but I'd give it about a four, a four, four, four out of five stars. If you're looking at just just the cooking aspect of it, it's um, it's basically about a guy that comes in and he promises his friend he would take care of his wife after he died, and she ends up having like some kind of cancer or something. So he promises he will watch after her, take care of her and her daughter until she dies, because she only has X amount of time to live or whatever. So movie's really good. It's a touching movie. Very, it's very sad in the end, but also it's kind of, you know, it's inspiring as well, and it's a fantastic food movie. Very slept on. I love it, man. I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna check it out. I'm on this food binge right now. Hey, hey, Gino, what'd you think of the the list that I came up with? Have you seen any of those? Um, absolutely. I was just thinking as you was listening off the names, I probably would put menu number one. Yeah. Um, it's so good. I just seen that probably a month ago. Crazy, crazy <laughs> movie. <laughs> Did not expect it, and um, probably um, I would probably put the Bradley Cooper movie number two because I thought that was uh, that's just basically it, it shows you exactly the life of like one of those five, four, five star restaurants, you know, yeah. that type of deal. How they work in the kitchen, fantastic. So I do I respect the lineup, and I forgot about um, oh, what is that one that you said? Um, waiting. Oh, what is it? What is it? Not, yes, waiting. Yeah. One of the funniest movies ever made, up there with Tropic Thunder. Yeah. Like, that you'll probably never see a movie like that ever made again. Fantastic movie. You have to see it. If you haven't ever seen Waiting, dude, you're going you're gonna to trip out and you might not go I know. Stop. What are you doing? Uh, Come on. He, he's telling you you got to watch the movie stuff. <laughs> it's on the list. It's on the list already. <laughs> hey, Gino, I appreciate you calling yes, in. Have you, ever, have you ever worked at a restaurant before? Absolutely. I worked at Shoney's. I worked at, um, I don't know if you remember this uh, restaurant called, uh, uh, was it was a Steakhouse, Steak and Ale. Was it Steak and Ale? I think it was Steak and Ale. But, um, yeah, I worked at a few restaurants in my life, uh, bars. So, yeah, I know that environment, so yeah. which is why I think I, I kind of cling to those cooking movies. So have you checked out The Bear on FX yet, though? Um, I've already watched both seasons, believe it or not. My guy. Um, my guy. Yeah. Gino, great call. Gino bringing his aim game. We love it, man. Yes, sir. All right, man. Yes, I appreciate sir, you chiming in. I appreciate you guys. Y'all keep... Keep doing your thing, Yeah, man. Hey, and, and call more often. I guess we, we got to hit a nerve here talking food shows. Fine. Gino's been listening for months. Finally picked up the phone. We appreciate you chiming in. This was Netflix here on AWOD Radio. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now, at 105.1 FM, got you covered on both ends of the dial here in Richmond, Virginia, as we're live and local Monday through Friday from 12 to 3 p.m., always available on the Odyssey app, downloaded today for free, or check out the best of AWOD Radio. That that was a great Netflix stub. That's going to definitely be on the best of AWOD Radio. It's available for you on your drive home, ready by 4 p.m. Just search AWOD Radio on Spotify, iTunes, and more. So yesterday was NBA Media Day. Got me a little fired up here. Let me hear that NBA theme song here so I can get myself going. As right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, it's our buddy Justin Fensterman from SiriusXM. What's going on, Fensty? 
Hey, Juan, it's our season. The NBA will be back in just a couple of weeks. It's great being on with you again, man. Yeah, man. So let's just start with what Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray said. I kind of want to make a joke about how uh, Jokic is like, basketball is job. It is not life. It is job. But why can't they repeat as NBA champions? I mean, I think they absolutely can. I mean, I know losing Bruce Brown's very, very, quote, impactful. But at the same time, we saw what this team could do. And Awad, I went on your show questioning the depth of this team going into the playoffs. And they certainly proved me wrong and were able to make their long playoff run and route to a championship. So I think they definitely still have a chance, even though they're going to have some threats from, the, of course, the Warriors, the Lakers, and the Suns coming out of the West. Yeah, I mean, who do you think is the biggest threat uh, to the Nuggets? I, I want to lean Warriors because I'm not a believer in anything the Suns are doing. I'm kind of uh, anti-Bradley Beal here, uh, the way he ruined my Wizards franchise. But what do you think? Who are the biggest favorites in the West? I mean, I have to say the Los Angeles Lakers, what we saw from them after the All-Star break and that defense after they got their key pieces that they got during the trade deadline, that was no joke. And I think coming into this year, as long as, of course, now it all comes down to how their veterans like LeBron and Anthony Davis can stay healthy in the season, but they've got the pieces, they've got the defense, and they also added some three-point shooting, which they were missing out on. So I'm watching the Lakers, and I'm watching those Lakers' odds as well to even win the division. You don't believe in the Suns? while you think maybe they're a little top-heavy, this is a team right here that's complete and has definitely improved on the defensive and three-point shooting end. Over to the NBA's Eastern Conference. Obviously, the headlines are the Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis Adetia Kumpo alongside Damian Lillard. Uh, they, uh, I mean, they still have Lopez. Uh, they still have Middleton. Uh, is there anyone stopping the Bucks in the East? Yeah, I think that the Celtics, after trading for Drew Holiday, I gave them a standing ovation in my home studio, Awad, because <laughs> that's a way to capitalize right there. If you're the Boston Celtics, ooh, the Bucks just making a splash, keeping Giannis in Milwaukee, getting Damian Lillard. Uh-oh, what are you going to do? The Celtics say, you know what? We traded Marcus Smart away. We got Kristaps Porzingis, Awad, yeah. who you know a lot about. I know a lot about as well being a Knicks fan, but they got offense in him. And now trading for a defensive guard to fill those Marcus Smart shoes with even more reliable offense, Drew Holiday definitely makes the Celtics a threat. That is why when you're looking at the odds to win the championship on DraftKings, both the Celtics and the Bucks sit at plus 400 right now. Yeah, it's certainly a good pickup. I've always loved Drew Holiday. Back to his time uh, in New Orleans with the, with the Pelicans there. Uh, but, you know, we both said, you said it. We both know Kristaps Porzingis. I think he peaked a couple years ago with Washington, and I don't think he's going to get back to that form. I just feel like he's always injured. Uh, New York, uh, Boston's going to be a tough place to play for him. You know they're going to come down hard on him anytime he has a bad game. I just feel like he's going to struggle this season, man. You know, they don't need as much on him. Christoph Sporzingis has proven, especially health-wise, that he can't be relied on as a number one, number two, or even a questionable number three option. You put him on this Boston Celtics team and getting a guy like Drew Holiday means you don't have to rely as much on Porzingis, even to be healthy, let alone to put up that offense. And I think still having a guy like Horford there in Boston as well, let Horford hang at the arc and let Porzingis be that big body. And we talked about this a lot last year. Let this guy be the center, let this guy play in the paint more, even though he has that range, and let Horford 
sit out there at the arc, use it at a bigger size. And Boston could certainly do that without overutilizing Kristaps Porzingis. Justin Fensterman with us here on the Hadeen Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Follow him on social media at Fensty Sports, covering the NBA for SiriusXM. And it's just crazy the way the sports world works. I mean, month, uh, a couple months ago before the NFL came back, it felt like every day there was an article, there was a TV show talking about Wemby, Victor Wembanyama. I'm not hearing much hype anymore. I don't know. Maybe it's the fact that Chet Holmgren uh, showed up in Summer League, and I think he's going to win Rookie of the Year. Uh, why do you think it's been quiet on, on the Wemby front in the last few months? Well, I think you just said it with Summer League. I don't think people were that impressed. This is just another big guy, kind of like Porzingis, who could bring offense. But he needs some meat on those bones, though. He's got to gain some muscle mass. And it's going to take him a few years to do it. But we were saying the same thing about Giannis when he came in as a relative unknown into the league. Took him about three to four years to get his workouts right and put on that mask and look at the impact that he made. I think, Awad, when they drafted Webb and Yama, immediately the thoughts go to, oh, my goodness it's David Robinson. Oh my goodness, it's Tim Duncan. Come on, man. I mean, were you expecting this guy to be the greatest power forward or one of the greatest centers of all time instantly? And unfortunately, that's where Wembenyama's being comped to because of how Robinson was drafted top pick and, of course, Tim Duncan being a top pick as well. So I think the shine is off of him after seeing how he was just okay in summer league. And you said Chet Holmgren right there. Chet Holmgren, very sneaky there. That Thunder team is going to be nice and fun to watch. And also, no more Damian Lillard. Scoot Henderson running the show a little bit there, probably rotating from the one and two at the point guard in the shooting guard spot in Portland now. That's someone to watch for rookie of the year as well. All right, we've got to touch on my Washington Wizards. I'm not, you know, looking for much this season. I'm do we hoping have to. We have, we do, we do. You know, the, the audience cares a little bit. You know, it's not like you know, it's not like they come to Richmond. They they did for training camp a few years ago. Uh, but I mean, I will say this. Richmond cares a lot more than the NBA than they do the Wizards, uh, but we do play the Wizards games right here on 910 The Fan. We have Wizards Wednesdays with Dave Johnson. We love Dave, the voice of the Wizards uh, on the radio. I, I mean, what do you think? Jordan Poole might score 35 a game. Kuzma might score 30, but they're going to lose 45 games. Yeah, absolutely, Awad. And look, I like that they have Kuzma still there. And yes, they brought in Jordan Poole, nice little combo guard. Is he going to be a number one option? Well, by shot volume, he might be. You're right, 35 points. Really not many other scoring threats on that team. It is now built on Bilal Koulibaly. We're in the Koulibaly era. Get excited, Awad, of Wizards basketball here. And already Daniel Gafford, we know, is going to miss about a month of action here. Yeah, I know. I I've, I kind of forgot about Koulibaly after I read that article that they might start him in the G League. Like, what are you doing? Put him in the NBA. Let him lose games. It doesn't matter this season. One team we haven't talked about yet has my favorite player in the NBA right now, and that's Luka Doncic with the Dallas Mavericks. What's going on with the offseason? Is, is Kyrie bought in? Kyrie says he's bought in, but how can I be bought in to your ceiling of your favorite player, Luka Doncic, when they have a guy who does exactly the same thing as Doncic <laughs> on the team? I get why they brought Irving back to sell tickets because he's intriguing. And yes, definitely a fine athlete indeed, but they're both the same player. It's like the Austin Powers movies. We're not so different, you and I. It's the same thing here, Awad, and I don't get how you're able to build a team when you have two guys and making a lot of money that do exactly the same thing. Egos are most likely to get in the way, and I worry about the Mavs for this season. 
All right, I'm going to hand the microphone over to you, Justin, and let you comment on Jimmy Butler's outfit at Media Day. <laughs> yeah, what about that hairstyle, too? It's got to be the hair cotton, seriously. I mean, it's very interesting what Jimmy Butler does, and also seeing him at Media Day right there as someone who hasn't had a full head of hair <laughs> since the Clinton administration, Awad. I'm jealous of what Jimmy Butler can do with his hair. I can't do any of that, not even close. No, you're right. I just, it, I just think he looks ugly. Like, I, I, I look at him and I cringe. I'm like, what the hell are you doing, Jimmy? This is his, this is, you know, everybody had their goth emo phase in high school. This is him <laughs> upset about the Bucks getting Damian Lillard and he's going through his own emo phase. You know, we haven't mentioned a few other teams. What do you think of the Knicks this year? Well, first of all, I'll say you know that when Jimmy Butler lost the championship, he was listening to Taking Back Sunday. <laughs> what do I think? What do I think of the Knicks this year? I mean, I think that the Knicks adding Dante DiVincenzo was a perfect add. I know that they paid 50 mil, but at the same time, good combo guard, hustles on both sides, gives them a nice little spark coming in, likely off the bench. I'm wondering if they're still going to have Quentin Grimes. I like this little backcourt that they have between Brunson, Grimes, DiVincenzo, and even Emmanuel Quickly that they still have as well. It's going to be fun watching this Knicks team. And who's running the show at point guard at a given time? You've got a few different styles in there. So when teams are expecting a left, the Knicks are going to throw a right. So I think the Knicks are going to cause a lot of confusion because of the different stylistic guards they have on their team. Still have a little bit of a size problem, though. I mean, we know what Julius Randle can bring, but you take him out of the equation, they're going to need to be able to score points inside, and they've got to have someone that's able to attack the lane aggressively. I don't know if they have that outside of Randle. Follow Justin on social media at Fensty Sportsman, and where can they check you out? You can check me out every single Sunday on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, NFL Radio as well, and all my content at FantasyGuru.com. And by the way, those shows on Sunday, 7 a.m. Eastern, bright and early, AWOD. I love it, man. Thanks so much. Thank you so much, man. Yep, you're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM.